here's Parks Associates Smart Tech Check podcast with Mark Vina. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, leader of Parks Associates Smart Home Research Practice, and welcome to the Smart Tech Check podcast, where we cover all consumer tech topics. There are smart home, home automation, security, and console gaming related, and much, much more. Today is Wednesday, September fifteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, it was a big week as it was a big uh, 24 hour period um, in the consumer tech space as uh, Apple announced a whole bunch of big new things that we're going to discuss exclusively on today's podcast. And we've got my usual roster of uh, partners in crime in the tech journalism field. We've got John Quain, um, uh, who writes for The New York Times and Tom's Guide, uh, the irrepressible Stuart Walpin, who writes for Twice and Techlicious. And coming back from a number of vacations, because he's never, he doesn't really have enough time for us, but I really do appreciate it, Rob. Uh, Rob Pegarero, who writes for you. <laughs> Rob Pegarero, who writes for USA Today, Fast Company, and Wirecutter, uh, and just is an overall great guy. And we appreciate him you know, taking time out of his precious schedule to be here today. But gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Marty. And we don't see John. John, John is calling back in right now as we speak. There's John. There is. John, we thought, you went to a, we thought you went to a bar. So again, you know, yesterday was a big, big, a big, big announcement in Apple Land. Um, I wrote a column about it in Forbes this morning, and you know, I don't think it would, you know, I kind of rated it as a four point five on the technology Richter scale. You know, if you live in California, that doesn't even rattle the windows a little bit. Uh, but we're going to go through that, and um, you know, in a little bit of detail. But uh, before we bring up the uh, the topic slides, uh, Stuart, let me give you get your thirty seconds reaction uh, of the event itself. Uh, I, you you don't seem to be shuddering like, oh my god, I can't believe what Apple announced. So it's you look like you were fairly nonplussed. Well, I mean, the rumor mill had been pretty uh, pretty active before this, so there really were very few surprises, um, and. The fact is that all of these announcements from all of these companies have gotten so insanely grandiose that it's so difficult to cut through all the drone video and 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 computer graphics. It's like all we want to know is what's in the phone and whether or not there's enough in it that would make me want to upgrade. So I'm getting a little sick and tired that that, that, that all of these tech companies are playing, can you top this? And I just <laughs> long for the days where Steve Jobs came out in a black turtleneck, held up the phone, did some live demos on stage, and we were done. Um, it, it just, it's just getting just so too much. Now, as for the product itself, I was disappointed in um, two things. Well, 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 we'll get into that. We'll oh, okay. Into- I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. You know, you, you know, you always want to jump the gun, but uh, I'll make sure the Apple marketing department just you just want them to send you a press release, essentially. But that's okay. And a phone, <laughs> of course. But you know, I'll take a press release. Uh, John, you're 30 seconds before we, we we dive into the topics. John, I think John may have frozen. He's so rebooting. We'll, well, so while he's rebooting, let, let's let's flip over to Rob. Rob, what was your thirty seconds? Yeah, so I mean, confirm what we've known for a while is that the smartphone is a fairly mature product category, just like all of us, I guess. Uh, so of course, there wasn't going to be anything that revolutionary. Uh, I was a little surprised to see that much attention paid to the iPad, which I honestly thought we'd wait another month for news about that. 
And I was also surprised to see so much less hype about 5G. Perhaps Apple realized from last year that giving over half the sales pitch to Verizon talking about millimeter wave 5G that basically no one can use in practice for any great length of time was not effective. You know, hindsight's always 2020, you know. So, uh, so anyway, let's bring up the first slide. And I, we got, John, do we have you back? Nod your head, John, if you're there. John is Thank there. Thank you for under duress. Yeah. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> like, like it's a haunted video. <laughs> anyway, I um, want to bring up this Park Associates Factoid of the Week. Um, I sent you guys this slide a little bit later. This is some data that we, are, we announced early in the year, and it kind of just demonstrates, you know, Apple really does have a piece of um, a lot of families' uh, technology budget and the presence in their home. So is there any data on the slide that surprises you? Let me start with Stuart. Does it surprise you at all, Stuart? I was surprised that the the HomePod is doing so poorly. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised really by any of this. I had sort of sensed everything that, that, that you're showing on this. I was just a little surprised, especially with the $99 HomePod, that that it might be more than Apple TV, actually. Um, but this just it, this indicates less about Apple and more about the, uh, the the brand space that Amazon has in the smart speaker market that it even can't get broken through to Apple fans. So um, so the fact that Apple is is suffering so poorly behind Amazon on the smart speaker side caught me a little by surprise. Well, and keep in mind, this is 1Q21 data, so probably a good portion of this, because it's both HomePod, they're more of the original, very expensive model, and that new $99 model, they came. So there's probably, what, two or three months of sales out, I, I imagine, in that. So yeah, it's, it's not surprising, frankly. Um, you know, we were talking about this before the call, and that uh, while their share is relatively small, when you factor in the ASPs and number, you know, when you talk, talk about five or six percent of that market because the market is so big, it's a fairly sizable number from a revenue standpoint. You know, it's not. A, you know, a lot of companies would, would would love to have that kind of revenue stream that 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 they do. But uh, let me flip this over to Rob. Rob, your reaction to this slide in any way? So I was going to say I'm surprised the Apple TV is doing <laughs> that badly. It makes me think the the HomePod is doing quite well considering its novelty. What I would want to see after that, I guess, can't be reflected because this is an Apple hardware, an Apple devices chart. How many people have Apple TV in the sense the connected TV they bought includes software for that? So therefore, they can, you know, watch everything on Apple TV Plus, uh, you know, AirPlay stuff from an iPad or an iPhone to that TV without buying the Apple TV box itself. Right. No, you're 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 absolutely right, and you know, keep in mind that to experience all the wonderful things that Apple TV facilitates, you don't necessarily have to have an Apple TV. There are other, there are, there, there, you, know, you can use AirPlay in other ways to consume Apple TV content without having that device. But, you know, the big hitter in the, in the streaming category, as you know, is really Roku. They're really the dominant player, followed very close, uh, not very closely, but followed by Amazon with their stream, their Fire TV stick and other devices like that. And you probably saw the announcement a couple of weeks ago that TCL now, is going to be is partnering with Amazon for you know, Amazon TVs, which is kind of going to be interesting. Uh, John, your reaction? I'm surprised that they're you know Apple TV and the HomePod are doing as well as they are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one uses you know the 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 Siri at home. I mean, it's all I don't I can't even say your name because there's so many of them 
around my own environs. They're in cars, they're in, you know, in your tap, in your kitchen and the shower head in your bathroom. That's just not a market that Apple is ever gonna, and they don't have a store. So they, right. you know, we're, we buy all our stuff. So therefore that, that HomePod is just not, I mean, they have to have the product there, but it's never gonna be anything right. significant. I don't think anyway. So uh, I'm surprised it was there. and. The Apple TV was kind of fun because they want to be cool. So it's the very first thing that Tim said was, all the stuff's going to be on Apple TV. We are really cool and stuff. And then I was like, actually, there's only one show I'm interested in. And he mentioned it at the end, you know, so it was like, ah, not so much. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I don't want to go back to the, the way I opened the podcast. But what I thought was interesting was that he spent right. the first three or four minutes uh, defending why the uh, the event was called California Streaming, and it, was, and it almost sounded like the governor of California, who did emerge victorious yesterday, it sounded yeah, like, hey, Tim, could, you put, the could you put a plug in for the state of California? Please do, yeah. you know, because he's pretty much, we're not leaving California. If anybody thinks that we're ever going to leave California, we're not going to leave California. Right. Uh, let, it, let, it, let it flip to the uh, first topic here, because I know Stuart is chomping at the bit. Uh, what jumped at you, um, Stuart, uh, from, an, uh, from an iPhone 13 standpoint? Was it kind of just rinse and repeat stuff, or did anything jump out? Are you going to, now that these have um, high refresh screens, which is, you know, Apple's it's kind of late to the party in that regard, um, did anything blow you away? A couple of things. A couple of things pro, a couple of things con. Um, as, as we are all international travelers, the international 5G expansion, I think at least for the jet set set, um, uh, is important. The fact that they are bringing OLED to the lower models or to the entry level models, I can't tell you how often my wife has to use my phone uh, when we're out because her LCD screen simply can't stand up to the sunlight. The additional battery life is, I think, the number one important thing. The longer battery life than any of these devices get, the better for everybody. And the fact they can get one terabit of storage because if people are going to start shooting a lot more 4K, I think that extra memory is important. And that brings me to, I think, is the most, um, most interesting thing they introduced, which I don't think anybody had anticipated, was the cinema mode. That rack focus feature looks damned cool. And I have a feeling that a lot of videographers and TikTokers are really going to put that to use. There were a couple of things, as I mentioned before, that I was very disappointed at. The first one, that they did not return Touch ID to the phone. I think this is just negligence on their part, considering that we're still all wearing masks outside. And to have to continually, and, and to force us to buy an Apple Watch to unlock our phone, which, by the way, does not work all the time or even half the time. Um, in just they put the ID uh, the touch ID on the new iPad mini. Why couldn't <laughs> they have just added it to the exactly. third? I'm just stunned by this. Um, the other thing that I was disappointed at, and I'm gonna have to refresh my own memory here because I wrote it down and then quickly forgot. Um, oh, um, no USB C. Um, again, they're adding USB C to the Mac, the MacBooks, they're adding them to the uh, to the iPads. Let's lose the lightning. Can we just use one damned cable to connect everything already? That, that should be one of your tweets. Can't we just lose that damn lightning? Can we not have to buy these sort of things all the time? Right. <laughs> right. That, that's a very handy accessory. I have. Yeah, I got one of them great, too. Uh, bit of trade show swag. <laughs> but but, but let me, I want to say, seize on one little thing: is that 
when you think about this, you know, let's step back at this. You know, a one terabyte storage option on a smartphone. I mean, that to me is. I mean, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. I mean, there are people still walking around with laptops that have 256 gig, maybe 512 gig, and and, and by the way, flash storage. It's, it's it's solid state storage. But to your point, Stuart, they're continuing to position the the uh, the pro brand as really a computational photography device. They really want to blow up, you know, DSLRs. And when yep. you have two Hollywood directors, they had Catherine Bigelow and they had that other- And camcorders, not just DSLR, but camcorders. Yeah, and camcorders. I mean, she made a statement, if you recall, while she was doing that little demo, where she said, you know, by the way, not only does it have this cinematic mode, which is really great, that allows us to shoot stuff, you know, that, you know, a, a several hundred thousand dollar camera was required to shoot that before. She said, if you were listening to it very carefully, oh, by the way, we're not using any, any ancillary equipment, which I interpreted that as like lighting equipment, you know, that, right. which is pretty unbelievable, you yeah. know? And um, I mean, it's great for those those budding Steven Spielbergs, but- uh, It's not great yeah. for all the key groups in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good old Rob, looking at it from a labor force standpoint. <laughs> Rob, don't ever stop. But Rob, what, what was your thoughts on the on the iPhone portion? So similar to Stuart, I, I'm having a hard time figuring out where Apple is going in certain design directions. You know, we know that they've decided that Touch ID is good on the iPad Mini, and for that matter, on the the iPad iPad that they just refreshed. But it's bad on the iPhone, except for the iPhone SE, which continues. Uh, USB C is the feature of the iPad, except for the cheap iPad. It's the feature of their laptops, but their, the iPhone is still Lightning. Um, if you have a device with a USB-C plug, it can't have a headphone jack if it's a tablet, uh, but it can if it's a laptop. Um, it can have a headphone jack that has a lightning cable and it's a cheap iPad, but it can't if it has a lightning cable and it's a phone. What, what is the flow chart here? What is... <laughs> Where, where are you going with this, man? Well, but you know, but, you know here's, here's the funny thing, Rob. And all you guys know this. You know that Apple is notoriously secret about a lot of their product information, obviously publicly. But even within the confines of Apple, many of the product groups don't talk to each other. And I don't know if they're – I have to believe, that, you know, like any corporation, there has to be some type of umbrella technology committee to make sure little things like that – which apparently maybe they missed the meeting. Who knows? But it, it's I, at three o'clock in the spaceship circle campus. The other ones are at nine o'clock, and they just don't <laughs> all that often to lunch anymore. No, it, it's just odd that this whole USB C lightning is it here? Is it there? You know, and including the Touch ID topic that you raised, John. What was your uh, what's your uh, in, uh, insight on the uh, Apple iPhone announcement yesterday? Uh, John, I, I did like the cinema, cinema mode. I mean, it, a lot of the features I that that cinema mode to me, I shoot a lot of video, so that seemed like a, a really attractive thing. And there are other elements of it too, not just the rack focus, which was a little rough if you looked at it closely. But um, mm -hmm. there are other features that I think will be really handy for shooting video. That was the big thing for me. We'd like more battery life, eh, a lot more, but still, something is better than nothing. <laughs> John, do you really think that they're? And it's going to sound like a silly question, but since you know you, you know you look at this space very closely, do you think there are people going out and buying i you know high end iPhone 
know, they've been doing this computational photography thing for several generations now. It's not like it's the first, this is the first film that has kind of dipped its toe in that area. But do you think there are folks out there that are actually buying smartphones specifically to replace a high-end camcorder or a high-end camera? Not to augment what they have, but to replace it? No, not if you're shooting video for broadcast or something. But if you're an influencer, you know, and, and that's a pretty big market. Yeah. People shooting YouTube videos and TikTok videos, then yeah, that is the model you buy. You don't buy the the base iPhone. You go for the high end one that has all the video. Yeah. components in it um and it, it, some of the have some work to do there but um yeah, it looks like it looks like we may have to get john a deal with comcast or someone who's ever doing his more starlink satellites <laughs> that, yeah that, that'll be the next podcast Let, let's yeah. get to the next topic uh haley if you don't mind and you know, uh, Rob, you wrote a great article about this this morning, with which, your which, which 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 yours truly quoted. There's my my shelf is, uh, my um, shameless self promotion. But it was a terrific article on all these deals uh, that naturally are coming out after a major iPhone release and things that you know consumers should be aware of. So I'm going to flip this over to you because it was a terrific piece. Thanks. Yeah, it involved math, and so I should know we have we have to run a couple of corrections since there were little quirks. Apple actually had the wrong information about Verizon's promotion on their site. They're working to fix that, we're told. Uh, but yeah, basically the wireless carriers are all really thirsty for your business uh, to the extent where AT&T will give you a new iPhone 13 Pro for free. Weirdly enough, the plain old iPhone 13, don't call it the iPhone 13 amateur, that you still have to pay all 100 bucks out of pocket. And the trading values are really good, not just if you're you know, the, the sort of obsessive compulsive phone upgrader who shows up with a, an 11 month old iPhone 12 and wants to get a new one. You could trade in an iPhone 11 from two years ago. Right. And you still get good values and stuff even older than that. Um, T-Mobile has a forever upgrade, which sounds great, 100 bucks in upgrade credits every two years, but you got to sign up for the Magenta Max plan, which is the one that's 15 bucks more than the regular one. Has a lot of stuff you might need, but most people probably don't. Uh, Verizon similar deal where you can get the new iPhone 13 basically for free with trade-in. The catch with all these, uh, you know, you'd think, okay, there's no contracts, I'm all good. But when you look at it, essentially what you're getting is two years, or in AT&T's case, three years of bill credits. And if you want to leave, if you decide that you want to switch carriers, then you got to pay back the credits that you haven't gotten yet. And the catch, which uh, I got a credit mark for calling this out, you know, some of the most popular wireless services these days are from the cable companies. Yes, yes. The one service like Comcast and Spectrum have the people love <laughs> where they're reselling Verizon capacity at very good deals. But either you have to get their Internet service in Spectrum's case or in Comcast's case to get the advertised rate. You have to be a Comcast Internet subscriber. Otherwise, it's ten dollars a month more. And of course, Comcast and Spectrum may be gigantic cable companies. They don't. They're not everywhere. They're not everywhere. And so, if you move, you know, a year from now, then either you got to close out that contract somehow, or you're paying ten bucks a month more. And in a weird way, it's a flashback to when you had regional carriers back yes. when Verizon was Bell Atlantic Mobile, 
and they had a separate roaming rate for outside their service area, you know, the Midwest and the West Coast versus their East Coast confines. That's a whole other thing to contemplate. And, you know, if we mentioned the jet set, if you want a phone that you can just, in fact, pop in a prepaid SIM when you get off the plane somewhere else, uh, Verizon is still good because they don't lock their phones. But with T-Mobile and AT&T, they are locked until you pay them off. So something to consider, it might tip you towards just buying the phone from Apple, which has its own installment payment plan that doesn't lock the phone to a particular carrier. Uh, b- before we flip to the next topic, because I want to get to the iPads and to the, the, to the smartwatches, uh, the Apple Watch stuff. Stuart and John, do those type of offers um, motivate you individually, like when, when you're upgrading phones? I mean... I mean, well, well, I mean, I mean, I, I can't speak for John, but obviously, and, and I mean, some of us have to upgrade just so we can write about it. But I, I read Rob's piece, um, excellent job as always, and I also got an email from my own carrier, uh, who shall remain unmentioned. It was T-Mobile. Um, and, um, I was reminded, I had this flashback to Monty Python and the meaning of life in the scene in the classroom where the kids are being given instruction about where to hang their clothes on which peg and when to write their letter home. And if they're getting a visit from their brother and these ridiculous, and I'm looking through this email, I'm going, I have no idea whether or not I'm eligible for any of these things. The number of caveats and ifs and conditions, just, I, I, I'm staring at it. I'm going, this was written by John Cleese. This is the only thing that makes any sense to me. I Just tell me what I get if I own this phone. Just tell me that. I, I, it was I, I, I love like the life of paragraphs of caveats and it's offers. My, my reference would be the that scene in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when the kids are getting the golden they're being admitted into the factory, and Willy Wonka shows them that long contract. They mm-hmm. have to hang in the words, you know, get down to like two point font size. But uh, no, you're right. You're right. You know, let the buyer beware. John, do do you get influenced by those deals yeah. or not really? Not really. I didn't. I didn't see anything that would really make me jump at it. I didn't. And uh, also, number thirteen. Maybe I'll go. I'll wait for number fourteen. Just a little superstition. <laughs> Let us flip to the next topic here, and that is the series uh, seven watch. And what to me was interesting about it. Well, first of all, you know, back to Stuart, your point is that, <laughs> you know, it obviously doesn't have a USB-C interface, but they're changing the, the charging cable to a USB-C interface, uh, the cable itself, which obviously is more efficient from a charging standpoint. Why they're not doing that with the iPhones, who knows? But that's the way they're claiming, well, we, you can charge the watch faster without changing the electronics of the, of the, of the watch itself. But I do think it was interesting that they're getting to a, a, a bit of a larger display uh, which I think is going to appeal. We have re- Parks Associates has research that shows that, you know, s- smartwatches and fall down notification and remote monitoring are really huge f- uh, features that attract um, caregivers and family members who want to give their elderly uh, parents a, a device to, you know, keep tabs on them. And I think a bigger screen, obviously, is going to make those products a little bit more appealing for, you know, elderly folks who may, not, may be a little bit, you know, paranoid about you know looking at things on a small type of screen but um any reaction Stuart, on your side to the to the series seven watch i mean are you gonna go out and buy one or are you waiting? I, I haven't decided yet I've, I've got a series three and it's working just fine um but that's always the problem with these things you've got something that is good enough and for most people good enough is 
Good enough. Good enough. Yeah. Um, the the couple of things, the battery life obviously is a very big thing. I, I was having a conversation with another tech writer and we were talking about the fact that it's finally going to have sleep tracking in it and enough battery life to last not only all through the day, but all through the night as well. Then quick charging, get you started. Well, my question is, who wears their watch when they're sleeping? Um, it's and and if it's going to be bigger, that's just going to make it more uncomfortable. So I I'm I'm not sure. I need to actually see it on my wrist next to the the series. I need a bigger watch. Let me just stop you because and I know this is going to sound crazy because I live out in California at least for the time being. The reason why I like having I do wear the watch when I'm sleeping. Putting the battery issue aside. I always have this paranoia that if there's an earthquake in Northern California, which could happen, as you know, the idea of having, because I don't think I, I, you'd have the frame of mind to go look for your smartphone when things start to shake and collapse. So I think if I had a watch on, but it has, I have the cellular plan, at least I'll be able to find my body in the rubble. After the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, the is, that is, that is very paranoid. Yeah, I call the Earth morbidly paranoid. Earthquake usage model, and I'm not sure that thousands of people are going to buy one just for that. Um, John, your th thoughts on the on the watch? Uh, you know, it's still not attractive to me. I, I'm more of a big, you know, manly man watch sort of thing, and that and that design is just like an iPhone on your wrist. It's just never. <laughs> never grab me so uh until they come up with something different i'm just i'm not one of the people that's going to jump on it i do think the bigger screen is a good idea um i think it it makes it more legible for a lot of people and you can do a little bit more on it so i think that is actually helpful yep. and rob now you're not you don't have an apple uh an iphone right you're not an iphone no oh, yeah. i was gonna say i was completely unpersuaded by the sales pitch because i have an android phone my Pixel 3a has been aging gracefully. Um, and, and yeah, I don't want to go back to have to having a separate charging cable for my phone, like some kind of animal. Um, <laughs> I, I keep my foot in the iOS universe with my iPad, which we can talk about uh, next. Right. Um, you know, as far as, and you know, the Apple Watch, same thing, because I don't have an iPhone, that's just not of interest to me. I am interested to the, to the extent that people do Two smartphone platforms by their companion smartwatch platforms because now uh, Android Wear is actually relevant because Google decided we can't wait for Qualcomm to decide they care about doing processors and chipsets for smartwatches. So they teamed up with Samsung. Apparently, they do have a good smartwatch there, although you get the best features in the software with a Samsung Galaxy phone. And so now it won't be, there's the Apple Watch and there's all these crummy, obsolete Android watches on this other side of the market be a little more competition so but then again maybe no one actually cares like i, I wish that uh that chart at the start had included uh apple watches mm -hmm. not just iphones ipads computers well interesting as you know apple you know the the, the watch category apple really is the dominant player i mean they have i, I want to say they have upwards of 80 to 90 percent share in the smart in the smart watch category all right, right. yeah so but now what's interesting then i want to flip to the last topic and talk about the uh iPad Minis because there was some news made there. Is the fact that you have kids, you don't, you're not attracted to the idea of giving your kids a watch that you can kind of keep tabs on them and you know they can um, kind of know where they are. I mean, that to me is an interesting usage model. 
Uh, Rod- let's see how ruggedized it was. Yeah. Um, even her kids' <laughs> documented ability to, like, I saw what her school issued iPad looked like after a year and a half. I mean, um, and there are far less expensive alternatives yeah. for tracking yeah. your kids. I mean, there are plenty of companies who make trick kid tracking, you know, bracelets. So to get it on Apple Watch to track your kid, I'm, you know, that that's really overkill. The key thing would right. actually be to, you know, get her out of the house. So if you could actually <laughs> like uh, play Minecraft or Roblox on the watch. That might be something. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> let's flip to the last topic here. And you know, the iPad. There was some big news there, you know. And I, you know, I wrote about it this morning. Look at you know, this. Uh, now it's obsolete. So sad. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is that for a while, you know, people Apple has ignored the Mini for quite a bit of time. They did refresh it about a year and a half ago, but from a from two a, a performance, yeah, two and a half. From a performance standpoint. It's always been kind of the runt of the family, to, to use that kind of uh, analogy. And you know now it's got pen support. Uh, they're going. To, they're using the same ASIC that they're using in the um, uh, in the in the uh, iPhone the uh, the 13, which is a very powerful uh, solution. The uh, and it sounds like Apple is now coming to the conclusion that that form factor does have um, you know very strong usage possibilities for content creators. You know, even though the form factor is relatively small, and I can tell you, for you know, just based on personal experience, elderly folks love the iPad Mini. You know, just for email, you know, for, because it's small, they can, you know, it's the the the, 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 the large iPad Pros are almost too enormous, you know, for many, many people. But um, let me let me start with John. John, did you were you surprised that they're kind of uh, rejuvenating the iPad Mini in many respects? I was, but I'm also happy about it. It's the I thought that was the best product out of all the things that they talked about. Um, the the strongest one. I think it's the right form factor. It's sort of the Goldilocks of the form factors. It's great for consuming media. Um, it's just about the right size. It's not too big. I know people take them to bed and like you know stream their latest sitcoms and stuff. They do that. Uh, I think it's a perfect. Form factor. So to improve it, to boost it, to give it all those features again, I thought was a, a great idea. And that that I thought was a winner out of the package. Rob? Yeah, this is where Apple will get my money soon enough. Because, yeah, I had the <laughs> iPad Mini 5, bought this in uh, April or May of 2019. And it, it's aged really well. I mean, much better than most other devices I have. But, yeah, we've got something that the screen is larger. I, I can actually charge it with the same cable that charges my phone and my laptop, which is very right. exciting. Uh, downside is, of course, now I'm going to have to enjoy the dongle lifestyle since the new thing doesn't have a headphone jack for whatever reason. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've liked the iPad mini. That was bought, I guess, the when it first came out in 2012, uh, which, remember, was not that long after Steve Jobs went on an analyst earnings call to say, no one wants a tablet that small. You'd have to file your fingers down to use the screen. When obviously they were working on it in some corner of the Cupertino campus. Um, so, yeah, the, the fact that headphone jack aside, it's got USB-C. It has touch ID. So you've got that bigger screen, but you're not yeah. stuck having to, like, take off a mask to unlock it. Uh, but that's good. I would like to see the, the iPhone get more like that. Well, and, and being the, uh, the, uh, the the fantastic journalist that you are, I mean, I'm sure you're going to go out and spend another hundred. I think it's a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks for their for the pen, pencil, and you'll be taking notes on it all the time. You know, I might. We'll see. I, honestly, the only time I'm actually like 
most of my taking notes is typing. Uh, you know, I do occasionally, I did just sign some DocuSign form on the screen of this thing, but my signature looks like a squibble anyways. It's a little Nike swoosh. Uh, here, let's let's end with your uh, your two cents on the iPad Mini. Um, well, it, I thought it was interesting that it looked as if Apple was targeting it more at the commercial industrial market, hospitals, airlines, things of that uh, inventory control and warehouses. That's what it looked like that they were targeting it. And the fact that there also might be an ancillary consumer market is, I think, gravy for them because I think their bigger market for this is going to be the industry, you know, for workers who are wandering around places who need to access a, a custom device for that institution. The fact that it's 5G almost makes it an 8.3 inch iPhone and it's only $500 for that. Although so um, and I think for the growing number of portable gamers, um, the, the number of, of portable pe uh, people who watch movies were on the go, uh, where the iPhone, they, they didn't increase the size. So essentially, even though it's technically not a phone with 5G connectivity, if you're wearing headphones, an 8.3 inch screen, it really does hit that middles and hopefully it'll still fit in your pocket. It really does hit a sweet spot for a large constituency um, that I don't think Apple has really addressed before. Well, I think it's pretty clear now, though, they're committed to this category. I mean, I, I think the I, I don't think the iPad mini is ever going to go away now. And, uh, by the way, what we all also forgot, they added 5G. Didn't they? That's what yeah. I mentioned, that it's a 5G. Also, it almost makes it an iPhone for 500 bucks, right. as long as you're wearing earphones uh, to communicate by it. Well, and, and now right, the end. coming in. <laughs> and, and, and Stuart, now the Yankees could use that in the dugout to send signals to the to their uh, to the batter, and, may, and maybe keep it away from the umpire so they can't see because it it's small enough. <laughs> they don't have to whistle, and I still I don't like bang a trash can too. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I still don't like Lindor, and I, well, that's a different podcast. But listen, guys. <laughs> 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 this was a great podcast. So listen, thanks for your time. Thanks, John Stewart and uh, Rob. Thanks for taking the time to join me for the great podcast for our viewing and listening audience. Please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please visit Parks Associates at www.parksassociates.com. And until next time, have a great week. <laughs>